1985, I arrived. 33 years, damn, I'm grateful I survived. We wasn't supposed to get past 25. Joke's on you, motherfucker, we are alive. So, uh, dude, thanks for uh, for joining me here. We're uh, we're here on another edition of Sarcasm Orgasm. Me, your host Cody Odell, my guest today, uh, very funny comedian and uh, old friend and mentor in the game, Mr. JP Justice. Thank you for joining me, sir. Oh, you want him to do soundtrack? <laughs> Don't you have soundtrack? I'm sorry, my bad. My bad. What's there you go. There you go. Uh, how you doing, man? Chilling, brother. What's going on with you? Same old shit, man. The same as you, bro, because everybody's locked in. Well, I think today's the last day. For y'all. I think it, for Texas. It lifts right. tomorrow, I think. Right. My, my daughter was telling me that it lifts tomorrow and stores and stuff is going to be open tomorrow. Are you excited? Yeah, but what? Yeah, I mean, I am for sure. What they're doing, though, dude, is they're going to be um, they're opening it in phases. And like, so yeah, they're going to let restaurants reopen, but only at 25 percent capacity. You can't go past 25 percent capacity like uh via the or per the fire marshal or whatever but my question is i don't know about the masks because mm -hmm. they also had mandated all austin people had to wear masks at any in any public locations ain't that disgusting and how the fuck are you going to eat if you're wearing a mask you know like, <laughs> i just think the masks uh well here we go <laughs> here we go i was just looking at some old pictures of the 1918 pandemic uh flu pandemic yeah and they wore masks back then as well. So, you know, and they did that for two years. So, right. you know, we bitching and complaining, you know, just, you know, I mean, if we got to wear the mask, we got to wear the mask. If the mask is to save me from someone coughing on me and giving it to me, then I, 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 I love the mask. And I'm quite sure that's how other people are viewing it for themselves. The mask is sure. kind of impersonal and it, and it sort of puts like a, a, a damper on us as a culture and a society. You know, and right now, I don't think we need that, but you got to stay alive, brother. You got to be like the uh, Gibbs brothers. You got to stay alive, <laughs> stay alive. Dude, yeah, well, the, the, the thing I didn't, I, so, I mean, there's, I've had a lot of qualms, let's just say, with, with how things have rolled out as far as from, like, how they, the government's handled this shit. But, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of, like, the WHO, the World Health Organization said that this wasn't a uh, Earlier on in the pandemic, they said that this wasn't a human to human transmission issue and that they you didn't need to wear masks. And in fact, they had discouraged masks because a lot of people started going out immediately and when everything started first mm -hmm. becoming a, a, a big thing and buying masks and masks. And so they were like the healthcare professionals need masks. So they were saying, don't buy masks. And it's like, well, maybe if we had worried more about that earlier on. We wouldn't be in this position. I well, don't know. I don't know. Um, how's your punk ass governor? Because our governor has been on point, and he told us that, that uh, crippled ass motherfucker Greg Abbott. No, okay. that's that's your governor. <laughs> yeah, he's in a wheelchair, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah, so yeah. fucked up. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, um, you know, man, it's funny you say that because when you compare anybody to Trump as our commander in chief, they look pr usually look pretty good by comparison. You know, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. really doesn't matter. Who you're but Maybe Boris you Johnson is the one that would give him globally a run for his money as let far me, as let me tell you crazy bro. motherfuckers. I fucks with Andrew Cuomo. You hear me? God damn, Andrew Cuomo Dude. has stepped up. I want to I wanna spoon with him, and I'll be the inside spoon, god damn it. This motherfucker has done 
his due diligence. <laughs> you hear me? Yeah. And yeah. and as a, as a hard state as New York State, he has he has put his foot down firmly and stuck to his guns and and explained in clear rational uh, explanations how this should and sh- how this would and how this should go go along. And yo, he's yeah. he's actually been dead on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, dude, you know, it's funny you say that because I was just the other day thinking, I was like, you know what? And, and I wasn't planning to get into this this early, but since it, it only follows in this conversation we're having with Biden. Mm-hmm. I, but I was like, fuck Biden. I thought Cuomo. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know why, though? Because it's yeah. like we need a fucking New Yorker mm-hmm. in the Oval Office, bro. We need a motherfucker that doesn't care what people think. Like, he's mm-hmm. just going to be like, no, this needs to get done. We're going to fucking get it done. Yep. Like, it needs, like this is ridiculous. We're all being stupid here. Let's get this shit. You know, it's like Yo. he's, he's uh, but, a no-nonsense approach. But wait a minute. But wait a minute. We approach. have a New York in, in office now. Ah, uh, well, we'll call him that. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all no. don't claim him. Yo, we, Nobody yes, in New do. York claims him. I claim him. Yo, let me it, tell you something. And, and, and here's something crazy. And, you know, I, I, I'm not secretive about it. I voted sure. for him. Okay. Right. I voted for him. That's and interesting. Then, and let me tell you why I voted for him. I voted for him because I wanted him to be the asshole and the dickhead that he is in office right now. We needed somebody yeah. to go in there rogue. We needed to send in a uh, a rogue uh, a soldier, someone who's going to go in there and fuck it all up. And guess what? He has done just that. He has done everything that I needed him to do. He's exposed a lot of loopholes and 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 bullshit in in politics. And he has done his job. Now now it's time to get him out of there. Now it's time to pull our soldier out. You know what I'm saying? What are you doing? Uh, the, I, I feel like the um, – here's the thing. So with Trump, I agree 100% with you. Um, but when you roll out, when you're trotting out Biden, and I'm talking about the DNC here, you're trotting out Biden as your candidate. First off, the guy – and this is what I wanted to talk to you about because I know you said you didn't, you weren't really in the know on this. This is New York Times, JP. This is uh, published from a couple weeks back, and uh, basically, uh, a woman in the New York Times accused uh, Biden from like the '90s of uh, sexual assault. <clears throat> now, rewind the clocks back four years. We, remember, we all remember the Trump infamous "grabber by the pussy" tape, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now that tape came out in the 2016 campaign, mm-hmm. right? And not only was Trump lambasted, which he should have been, that was a fucking disgusting comment, and he should have been, you know, uh, sort, certainly, like, uh, chastised for that. But, um, you know, they were they were calling him a huge, you know, scumbag predator, disgusting mm-hmm. human being. Um, and they went so far as to call for Billy Bush's head. And I don't know if you remember in that tape, Billy Bush was that Entertainment mm-hmm. Tonight mm-hmm. or whatever show, mm-hmm. he or some shit. And he was kind of like, you could tell he was kind of like nervously laughing. It's Donald Trump. You know, you don't want to like not laugh at his joke if he's in your presence. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't think it's funny, you might give that kind of like, <laughs> you know, like that nervous <laughs> your, sort of laughter. And that's what around. Billy Bush did. And that motherfucker, they called for his head, the, the liberals. They called for his fucking head for laughing, right? He lost his job in 2016, if you don't remember. Yeah, remember. Fast forward four years, dude. We have Joe Biden now, who's the candidate for the Democrats. Right. He was accused in the New York Times, my woman, of literally being forcibly grabbed and penetrated with his. She, he, uh, the allegation is that he grabbed her in like a hallway or somewhere in the like in the Senate building, wherever they are, mm. wherever they were, mm. Capitol. And uh, and like and basically finger banged her like kind of forcefully. Um, and so and, and the Democrats 
Because the, clearly, nobody said shit. This is such a, there's nobody saying. Uh, in fact, uh, Pelosi even said, I'm not bothered by this the other day. She's, uh, she wasn't bothered by the allegations. So I'm like, here we have Trump, who what the Democrats did with him in 2016. Now you have your own candidate literally being accused of grabbing a woman by the pussy. <laughs> not joking about it, but literally grabbing a woman by the pussy. Ac- accused. Uh, where are the Believe All Women group? Where's Me Too? Where, where are any of them? Fucking silent. Well, um, Sorry, I, I, want, I just want to put this out there. Uh, you white people are very nasty. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you hear shit about uh, Ob- Obama. Obama ain't touch an ass, ain't look at a titty. Obama ain't do nothing. He was, whoo, thank you, Obama, Dude. for being uh, sexually free, sexually assault <laughs> Obama, free. Obama handled his shit like a G, dog. There you like, go. he knew how to handle his shit. There you go. There you go. He knew he was under the microscope, too. But as far as getting back to Joe Biden and all that kind of stuff, man, um, I think, I think for the next few years, you know, we're gonna be uncovering a whole bunch of immoral acts from not just white people, just people, men in general, who didn't think yeah. that all of this stuff was gonna be unfolded. You know what I'm saying? So what yeah. what what we're watching now, what we're seeing now, is the beginnings of what's just gonna be. Uh, they they didn't think that any of this stuff was going to be exposed. They thought that this is gonna be quiet. They thought the uh, the Harvey Weinstein stuff is going to be quiet. They thought the uh, the all of the people that have been caught, they thought it was just going to be quiet and brushed under the rug. Well, now it's the time where, where, the, where the rug is being pulled up and we're starting to expose these guys for even the minimal about a, a amount of predatorial acts that they have been doing on women. Yeah. So. Well, and the reality is, man, we all have some things in our past that we probably questionable uh, things we Is there something you want to say? It was 1985. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I tell a no, story. Saying, I tell a story. You, know, you tell like, a story. I've, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I, I've never. All right, here woman, we go. So but, fuck it. Know. I gotta, I gotta tell my story. Fuck it. Can I tell my story? Go. Yeah, yeah, please. All right, ladies and gentlemen, do not judge me. I am saying this out loud. I am just saying this because this is a story. So we were kids. We were all, you know, uh, we were all under uh, 18. We had, our, you know, our little sexual, little crew of people. You know, it was like girls and guys, and we would do all kind of things. And uh, one of the particular females, uh, this is this is this isn't funny, but it ended up highly embarrassing for me. And this is how I knew I would never be this kind of person. So uh, I am not glamorizing this story. I am not condoning my acts in this story. I was a young man. And I'm putting this story out now before it gets out and people go, well, JP, JP, JP. Well, I'm telling the story. It's an exclusive right here on orgasm, scasgasm. What is this? Sarcasm, orgasm. Scasgasm, <laughs> uh, sarcasm, orgasm. Uh, I don't know, just scasgasm, scasgasm. Uh, so we were young. I'm not going to mention no names. All names is hidden. If you don't know who it is, then, uh, then fine. We were all at a particular friend's house. And this one particular girl, like both me and another friend of mine, so he and I both decided that we were going to share her, and she wanted to. Sh- she wanted us to share. She said, "Why can't y'all Not both have train. me?" Yeah, she said, "Why can't y'all both have me?" And we was like, oh, <laughs> "Well, you what you said? You ain't said nothing but a word." So, uh, you know, we 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 <laughs> we painted her down the middle. Uh, this was your half, and that was my half. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and it was just fun. We was just having fun. Did you get the fun half? 
<laughs> yeah, I got the. I think the left side. We didn't go up top or bottom. We went left or right. So oh, right. okay, okay. That was your right. side. This was my. So side. you got like one titty, and he got one titty. Right. Exactly. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, cool. So. You know, and she enjoyed it. You know, she didn't she didn't stop nothing. She was, you know, enjoying herself and, and what was going on. So now fast forward years later, now I'm a comedian. Uh, I'm a young man. I'm a comedian. I got television exposure. People are stopping me in the street and all this kind of stuff. So as I'm in the village one day, this Mercedes Benz pulls up and it's these badass girls just pull up. And she goes, is, hey, is that? And she calls me by my real name. So. Meek. No, no, hey, 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 brother. That- hey, brother. Hey, <laughs> hey brother. <laughs> Sorry, tell- my bad. I'm telling the story here, you know. Uh- <laughs> so, uh, so she, um, she pulls up. Hey, are you, you know, blah blah blah? And I go, yeah. And I go, she goes, because back then I was going by my real name anyway. So, yeah, fuck it. It's Jamique. My real name is Jamique. So she says, "Are oh, you Jamique?" And I was like, "Yeah." So you know, I was like, "Okay, some chicks, some girls, are right." You know, they saw me doing comedy. Man, the girl from my past, my she popped up out of the sunroof of the car. And she started screaming, you and blah, blah, blah. Y'all had uh, your way with me. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yo, dog. <laughs> I started running the opposite direction of the traffic. <laughs> so that this way she couldn't follow me. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Yeah, that's a horrible, so, that's a horrible story. Horrible you story. were uh, you were a little mm-hmm. uh, worried that she thought you fucking did something you weren't supposed to be doing or something? Oh, no, she, or she yelled out. She, what she yelled out was great obscenities on any action of a man. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely yeah. felt like I definitely felt like, well, God damn shit, I got to get up out of here, you know? So, yeah, well, dude, you know, my 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 homie actually just sent me this funny video because he was it was like um, the uh, it was like him playing the girl and the guys. Is, I don't know who this guy is, some comedian, I assume. But he was uh, he's like uh, it was a girl and a guy the morning after and they're talking and she's like, you know, I was pretty drunk last night. And oh, I'm like, God. Dude, like, I think we had sex. And he's like, what? Yeah. And she's like, I mean, like, but like, I don't remember, like, if I gave consent. So, like, uh, oh, my you, God. like, raped me. And Are you like, serious? Oh. And he's like, what? And then he, like, had a third character who was also him. Oh, and, uh, it was it was a cop showing up. That's how he's like. Oh, he did a skit. He's like, what's he wrong a... with you? I have a daughter, you son of a bitch. Oh, it was Turn a around. <laughs> but the, the, the gist of it was, you know, if, if a woman's drunk and she kind of, uh, that's one thing. But if a guy's drunk and he kind of can't remember it, motherfucker, you better hope she said yes. Or you better hope that mm. he was deemed in a mindset that she was able to say yes. That 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 shit is so muddy though because you know I think I, that, right now if I anything think that's the it's, thing that I feel it's like. so scary right now because anything can be thrown on the wall and stuck. You know what I'm saying? And all it takes is an allegation. Allegation. An, alle- an allegation can ruin. An allegation can ruin your repu- An allegation can ruin your reputation. You know what I mean? It, not even just your reputation. It can ruin your career. You, can, you know yeah, the yeah. right allegation. Yeah. Yeah. From the right person. Yeah. Unless I mean, unless you're uh, Louis C.K. Dude. I don't know if you heard this story. They're white, so maybe. You <laughs> but uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, there was like a big controversy a little while back because she said uh, Amber Heard claimed that De- Johnny Depp was abusing her. And Johnny Depp throughout was like, no, this is bullshit. She's lying. And everybody's like, fuck Johnny Depp. She's telling the truth. You know, the same thing. Believe all women, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. What a scumbag. I'm pretty sure Johnny Depp got fired off the Pirates of the Caribbean movie because of these allegations. Wow. Well, guess what? Fast forward a year. 
some tapes come out with Amber Heard like lambasting fucking Johnny Depp on tape, talking about how nobody's gonna believe him because he's a man and she's a woman, and, and like clearly being the abusive party in the situation. And, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh. And then now apparently Amber Heard got fired on some uh, one of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies she was in due to being um, she got apparently fired off that. And now Johnny Depp's been kind of, quote unquote, exonerated in the court of public opinion. But it doesn't matter. The damage was done. The damage is done. That's the problem. See, the problem isn't that that things are happening. It's the problem is that there are chicks out there or there's people out there doing it uh, for the wrong reasons. Uh, in abusing the situation. And then when you abuse the situation and lie in the situation, you hurt the person that it really happened to. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And yeah. now now we, now we, there's a problem. So that's that's my only thing with that. You know, and, and also I look at, when I when I look at these sorts of things, there's, there's two types of sexual assault allegations, right? There's one that the person stands a lot to gain from the publicity from, of it, all that shit. There's actually like a benefit to them in terms of maybe their career or whatever. Not to say that it's fake allegation, but mm -hmm. there's there's clearly you could see that it's helping them in other ways that they're being put in the public eye because of this figure, because they're making this allegation mm -hmm. versus there's other people. And I and I to circle back to the Biden thing, this is where I assign her, the lady that accused Biden. She stands nothing to gain by coming out with this. In fact, I would be scared if I were her to be coming out with this against the candidate, the Democratic nominee. Why would you for be president. scared? That's, and that's because you, you, dude, I don't know. Man, you know, fucking these motherfuckers got the numbers for all the intelligence agencies and the secret operatives and people just seem to disappear and die of weird ways all the time. True. true so true. I'm just saying it's, you know, you never know. But it's like to, to, to be naive and believe that that shit doesn't happen, which I feel like a lot of people are mm -hmm. like you're being naive. Of course, that shit happens. But I look at her and I'm like, I don't see anything to gain by her coming out. And what well, we can get off this but one last thing on this, too, that I didn't mention a second ago was the uh, there was a, a Larry King episode that came out that just surfaced video from one from like that same time frame. Ninety three, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And a lady calls in and, and apparently this lady uh, supposedly, according to the woman that accused Biden, was her mother. And this is from 1993, bro. And they call in, and Larry King Live takes this call, and it's a lady that she's talking about. My daughter works in D.C. for a prominent senator. I'm not going to mention who, oh. but some things happened. And now she's leaving Washington, but she doesn't want to expose him in the public eye because she respects him or whatever. <sighs> you know. Uh, but it was, like, from the 90s, right? And oh. they actually tried to censor that. I'm pretty sure, if I heard correctly, they took down that episode off their website for like the, the you know the catalog of their mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all their past episodes uh, historically, and it wasn't there. Somebody found it though, and they played it, and it's like it lines up with the time frame she supposedly uh, mm. this all happened. Mm. It all lines up in that regard. How I mean, mm, I don't know. And again, I'm like, I don't think I think both ways are like there's too much gray. You never should believe a woman straight at face value, but sh you should always hear her out if that makes sense. You know. <laughs> You gonna get hate mail on this shit right here. <laughs> Good, <laughs> Dude said. Fuck them. You shouldn't. You shouldn't believe women straight out. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, listen to women is is the better way to put it. I think. I mean, I'm a married man. You know who who wants to listen to a fucking woman? Just not really joking. Listen. Uh, it's really hard, man. It's a it's a like you said. It's a gray area. Like you don't want the story to. You don't want the 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 act to be. Uh, gone without just but. And there's some unruly women out there doing wild shit anyway. You know what I'm saying? 
Sure. That, uh, you know, yeah. we, we both know because we're in this industry, there's women that do things for, for Pop-Tart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I do. So it's all kind yeah, of crazy man. stuff. Yeah, let's get off this topic, bro. Let's. let's yeah, yeah. Let's, let's let's move on, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we were talking earlier, man, and I wanted to to to, to go into it because I thought it was interesting. So you were talking about the Beastie Boys coming out uh, with the no, the new Steve, the new documentary damn. that came out, and you said you watched. Was it a series or was it just one? No, long it's, it's just one documentary. It's a two-hour documentary. Okay. Uh, they were actually who, who directed it? Do you know? Uh, Jones Sponge Jonesy, something like that. Who 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 did all the videos? Spike Jones. Spike Jones. Spike Jones. Yeah, Spike yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe, what, what did I call him? Jonesy, Jonesy, I don't know what you call yeah, him. Yeah, same name, same thing you called my podcast. Yes, schism, <laughs> schisms. I still can't get this dude. What's his yeah. Tatum, Spike Chatham, Jones. Tatum, Tatum, Chatham? What's his name? Tatum, Chatham? Oh, Channing Tatum. Yeah, yeah. I never get his name right. I'll never. Magic get Mike. Yeah, never get his name Fucking right. Uh, but yeah, it was an outstanding goddamn uh, documentary, man. I really forgot that I used to uh, that I not that I used to like, but I I love the be- uh, the Beastie Boys. You know, yeah. they I really forgot that they did what they did in the industry and they they put up the numbers that they did. I, I got lost in their music because after a while, their music became not my sound. And I just only got put on to the to the popular ones, the things that became popular, like Sabotage and uh and all those tracks and stuff like that. But like their their regular work or their their casual work, I just didn't get put up on. But then when I'm looking at the documentary and their 30 year track history, Man, them bro, them boys did the damn thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they were the first. Yeah. They were the first to do a lot of things in the industry. You know what I mean? License to Ill, dude. Great mm-hmm. fucking album. Yeah, man. yeah. I actually bought yeah. that album back in the day. With the airplane on it or whatever. Come on now, and Eminem uh, used it for did his the same. Yeah, do, yeah. I Kamikaze. thought that right. The, was that the same airplane? Kamikaze. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay, dude. That bro, Kamikaze. Oh man, uh, there was one diss track. I don't think I don't know if it was on that that record, but it was the diss track against that kid, uh, Machine Gun Kelly. No, that wasn't uh, on, that wasn't on, that wasn't on the album. Okay, okay, yeah. it's called Kill Shot. If yeah. you haven't heard it, bro, of check course it out. I, of course I. Uh, it's a it's a oh dude fuck M goes so hard on it, bro. But I don't think he won that battle. You don't think so? No, you gave it to him because he was he was uh he was the Ali he was the favorite in the in the in the fight. But I thought on. his rhymes were fresher, bro. Yo, bro, Machine Gun Kelly killed him, and I'm a and I am an Eminem fanatic. You hear me? I yeah. am an Eminem fanatic. But there comes a time when, just as they said in Batman, you you die a hero or you become you live long enough to become the villain, and he damn sure became the villain in this situation. And Machine <laughs> Gun Kelly destroyed him. Uh, you well, gave you gave it to Eminem because you go, oh, that's Eminem, and you know no one can beat the Eminem. Blah 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 blah. But I get it. He has some. He has some. My biggest flaps are your greatest hits. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but listen to what he said. I mean, you, know, you just you just in the house screaming. Uh, come on, Marsha. You, you know, you, you're you're a millionaire. What what are you scared for? You know, you he he really hit that dude, man. He really hit that dude. You got to give. Well, it that's to, interesting to to hear you say that as an Eminem fan. Yeah. Yeah, that cool. you're that you're giving that to Kelly. Um, you know, it's funny too, man, because one thing I've noticed about Eminem, man, all my like all my friends in the black community, when we talk about hip hop and rappers and white rappers specifically, he's at the top of the list. Well, I don't always. even I don't even put him at the top of white rappers. I I put him at the top I, of just rappers. General in general. Rappers. Yeah. 
Well, and I should say that that's actually really, it's like that. Um, it was funny. I was watching that old Chappelle show sketch the other day just randomly, and it was the racial draft. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you remember yeah, that one. one. And the, the black delegation tries to take Eminem, yeah, and he's yeah. like, hey, now, whoa. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Hands down, he studied the craft and he practiced the craft long enough for him to be crowned one of the kings. I'm going to say one of the kings, but he's definitely my top, my top uh, rapper. If I had to pick a top, if I had to pick a top two, he's in the top two. Who's your yeah. other one? I'm a Red Man fan. From... You know, dude, um, you know what I really like one of the albums I I'm I'm sure it's not forgotten in your book but it does seem to be forgotten in a general sense Muddy Waters. Is, uh, fucking Nas dude Who? from the 90s bro Nas eh, Yeah yeah don't get me wrong Illmatic Nas. to me is fucking Well you know what made Illmatic a phenomenal album Not just that he not just because he was a great rapper don't get me wrong he's a phenomenal rapper but he did something in hip hop that had never been done before at that time It was one rapper and multi-producers coming to, to produce on one track, on one album. At the time, it was like Molly Maul only had, like Molly Maul would do the album or whoever was doing the album, one producer would do the whole album. But this case, when, when Nas came around, uh, Large Professor, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Q-Tip, um, Main Source. So many different people had their hands in making sure DJ Premier. So many people had their hands in to make sure that this album was big. You know what I'm saying? The only time something like that was seen was the exact opposite out on Staten Island when the Wu-Tang Clan had nine different rappers on one album with one producer. So here's Nas with one rapper, seven, eight producers, and here goes Wu-Tang, one producer, seven, eight uh, mega rappers. You know what I'm saying? Well, but hasn't that now become more of the norm what what nas started it, of the, course, like, of multiple course. producers that's like more of an industry standard of, now right of course it, it broke it broke the mold it broke it opened yeah. up it opened the uh floodgates for, for it to always be happening you know what i'm saying for it to, yeah. to be happening yeah. yeah yeah well and that's that so so in that way you got to respect him if nothing else for, oh of course for kind of like i don't opening take up that sort of I take nothing from Nas. I take nothing from Nas. Uh, and is Nas my number one rapper? Uh, he's not my number one. He's yeah. He's in my top ten. Okay. You know what I'm he's in my top ten. But yeah. uh, my my top five. Come on. Red M KRS One. Um, I, I you know I I just recently stopped liking Biggie. Really? Yeah. In a way, I hate to say this, his stuff's his lyrical content, it's a little bit on the juvenile side in terms of just like it's all about the same thing, you know, it's, like it, money it's, bitches. It's quite stale now, you know. It's and like weed. Yeah, yeah. It's quite stale now. Um Whereas you compare it to a Tupac from his generation, Tupac's got a little bit more um kind of man, transcendent. Fuck Tupac, man, I was never a Tupac fan like that. I, I'm not a huge Tupac fan either, but in terms of what, like what people, why people put him in the conversation, I understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, I agree with you. I'm not really necessarily a big Tupac fan. Myself. I think Tupac was a revolutionary. I think he was a prophet. I think he was sent here to push along a, a, a movement and an agenda. But as far as a rapper, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. He was a wild boy. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me he, wrong, I don't, I don't wish death on nobody, but he could have calmed down. He could have calmed down. He, he almost it, it, I would agree with you and I would I would almost categorize him as like cultural icon more mm-hmm. than rapper. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And he definitely was a cultural icon, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was a decent, he was a, he was a, not a bad rapper, I don't think, but, you know, I don't think he touched. Did I thought the flow, Biggie always had the better flow, right. the I don't better think, just swag to I don't it think he, I don't in terms think, of that. I don't think it was how he rapped. I think it was what he said as opposed to how he rhymed. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, right, right, his, right, right. his rhyme schemes was was corny, but it was what he said. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His rhyme schemes was yeah. corny. Yeah, well, you know, and then to circle it back to the Beastie Boys, I mean, I and one thing I, I thought when we were on the phone earlier, and one thing I wanted to kind of talk about is a topic point, because it's an interesting topic point. Um, in terms of what the Beastie Boys, I mean, uh, do you remember a white hip-hop either uh, solo artist or group that kind of preceded them that had success, or were they kind of the first oh, no, like, they were definitely white the first. dudes of the hip-hop genre they, to they really def- have massive success? They were definitely the first. They were definitely the first. They were there when it was when it was uh, becoming popular, so they were definitely the first. If it was so, if yeah. there's some white guys right now sitting at home going, "I will do it back," well, we don't know you, goddamn it, <laughs> dude. Yeah, well, if if I think back to my you know first exposure into probably the hip hop genre, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I had some before radio play and things, but you know, the Beastie Boys. I remember my older brother got licensed mm-hmm. to Ill. He mm-hmm. got the CD. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was one of the first albums I was I listened to like front to back and I was like, "Oh shit. Like this is dope." You know, like like hip hop like and I, and I knew about hip hop, but, but that's why I said I thought in a lot of ways maybe the Beastie Boys ingratiated <laughs> the white people more to hip hop culture you, you and hip hop to- and then opened up the floodgates in the 90s for everything that happened with the hip hop in the 90s. You, you, know? you looked at the album and was like, there's room for me. I can't get down. I can't get down. <laughs> right? uh, and actually, if you say you, you listen to a CD, then you was late on that, brother. Because yeah. when they first came well, out, I mean, when they first came out, it was on an album. Or cassette. I mean, or cassettes were yeah. definitely Yo, big. Cassette, yeah. yeah. No, it was. I mean, I was, you know, I was I, I, I was born 85. So I my first memories from childhood are pretty much 90s. So I kind of been, I identify as a 90s kid. Okay. I guess. Okay. But uh, yeah, man, uh, definitely the the Beastie Boys and the other documentary uh, on a gear shift here. But the, the uh, Chicago Bulls one, you said you've seen like four of those. So, so how is that? Because that one I'm really also very interested in, in uh, watching. Hey, yo. And they always said this back in the days. They always said Jordan was a motherfucker. But this goddamn documentary shows that this man was a beast. He was a he was a fucking animal. You hear me? But he had to be yeah. an animal to make himself notable, notable, you know, for people to even talk about him in conversation. But he backed up his he backed up his action. He backed up his attitude with his actions. You know what I'm saying? Um yeah. But yeah. the whole Bulls team, that whole that whole Bulls team from like, I think it was 86, 87. Like, I'm not even going to talk about 84 when he first got in. I'm talking about like 86, 87 when things started to really started to ripen. Horace Grant and all these guys, uh, Cartwright and all these uh, BJ Armstrong. Yo, he knew what he wanted to be. And his drive, you know what I'm saying, was incredible. And 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 they just constantly surrounded him with a, with a great supporting cast. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, if there's anybody that that is a victim more of the because of his presence not getting ever getting nearly enough credit for what they were doing, it's Pippen, dude. Because you know, Pippen took that team the year after Jordan, the first time Jordan retired. That year they didn't have him more. They didn't have him the full year, and then he came back mid season the following year. 
But that one year they didn't have him at all. I mm-hmm. think the Bulls still won like 55 games or something like that, mm-hmm. which is fucking elite. Mm-hmm. And they had Pippen as their, you know, as their m- number one. And it's like, and then Pippen, I know he went to Houston after the Bulls dynasty, and then he had some success there. I think he had success in Portland. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see what he did with other teams, not just the Bulls, and you're mm-hmm. like, man, that guy definitely probably got, was under uh, value, underappreciated, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he was getting pay, paid way less than Jordan, too. Well, if you if you watch the documentary, they even explain in the documentary that he's a, he's an architect of basketball. He studies the art of basketball. So he just knows basketball. Uh, and he was the best man to put. And Michael Jordan constantly praises uh, uh, Scottie Pippen. Michael Jordan goes as far as to say that he couldn't do it without Scottie Pippen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, Scottie Pippen just knew how. Some people just know how to play their role. And he played that role quite well. You know what I'm saying? He knew how to play the support and cash. And there's nothing wrong when you know that that's your role. And if, the, if that's the role that you're playing, then by all means. And he just played his role pretty well. Not yeah. Me. Well, I mean, you know, when you're when you're d- playing next to a guy that and and I don't know if you agree with this, I'm guessing you do. Um, I mean, it, the, I, I would consider Jordan. It's like the, he's number one, mm-hmm. like the goat. And it's not even really close on second place. It really isn't. Book. It really isn't because the times have changed and the sport has changed to the point where it's not the same sport that he played. You know, it's like yeah. them old football players that played with leather skin helmets, and now yeah. these guys got these crash-proof helmets. You know, back in yeah. the days, those guys was rough and tough. Yeah. You know, uh, basketball isn't the same basketball, so there's no one near Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know what the funny thing is, too, dude, is, is like the, the same the, – the guys that make that argument, they'll say it's not the same bas- – and it's not. The game evolves. It always, mm-hmm. It's always evolving, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's not the same league as it was in Jordan's league now, mm-hmm. right? Well, the same – Thing was being said about Jordan's league by like Wilt Chamberlain like you're this is a different league like they're yeah. changing the rules okay. to make you better whereas well, they they had to change the rules for Wilt Chamberlain to limit him because he was so dominant well here's and the, so well here's the you thing, got the argument there here's the thing about the, the the older class to Jordan's class you can see where you can see where the fundamentals of the game got heightened by the Jordan in all those guys era because basically before them, they were sky hooking and, and, and jump shotting, you know what I'm saying? And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, here come this whole class of basketball of guys who are dunking and tomahawking and, and, and doing all kind of crazy athletic dribbling uh, uh, crossovers and all that kind of stuff. The game was very basic before that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, even when Dr. J yeah. was doing what he was doing, it was very basic, you know what I'm saying? And then here they, comes, I mean, they didn't even have a three-point line until what? There you go. There you go. The so 1970s, then, 80s? I don't know when. I don't know when, but... Then, yeah, I mean, but, it was not uh, early on in the, in the league, for sure. Yeah. You know, um, and, and the other thing with Jordan, too, is, is like, Jordan came up, his his first, what, six years were in the 80s. I mean, the, that was no joke, dude. The, there you the, go. The, the Pistons the back Pistons then. I mean, was, that was a violent league at that point, still. They, they talk about it on the, on the what's name. They were the bad boys. They were the ones, they couldn't, if they didn't outflash you and they didn't out what's name but they when you come in here they'll beat you up they would yep. beat you up Har, um uh bill lambert uh isaiah thomas uh malik Sealy, uh dennis rodman uh dumars i think dumars was in there right Joe yeah. dumars yep, yep, was in there yep. yeah yeah they talk they talk you know yeah dude and, it, and it's like it's not like they uh were 
um, not calling fouls, and it's like it's like they were like a lot more physical. They were mm-hmm. still calling fouls on physical plays. It's just the level of physicality you could foul with mm-hmm. was like way up there. Mm-hmm. Like what they'll call a flagrant now or technical is the the bar is so much lower now uh, as far as how hard you can foul. They talk about even even as far as taunt, hard foul. taunting and yeah. shit talking is is not even allowed now. Back in the day. Yeah. That was part of the game to get you out of yeah. your game. You know what I'm saying, dude? And hell yeah. So right now, yeah, it's a whole different league. It's a whole different league. It's a can, <laughs> it's a cotton candy league now. So the that documentary does it explore um, just like the the two three peats like that during the '90s it was run the, it, that they did, or it was the whole thing because um, the general manager I forgot his name, a little short fat guy, he actually wanted mm-hmm. to get rid of. Uh, Phil Jackson, and so okay. Phil, when excuse me, oh, when Phil Jackson said he was leaving, excuse me, I'm sorry, you can edit that out. When Phil Jackson said he was leaving, that's when the documentary started. And he actually, when he came in that year, his last year, he had a, a folder called The Last Dance, and that's when they started documenting everything. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it was, and that's what it's called, right? The documentary, The, the Last, last Dance. Dance. Yep. Not yeah. The, yeah. Not okay. The, not the yeah, um, dude. I mean. It's it's crazy because there was an old SNL sketch, uh, Bill Swirsky super fans. If I don't know if you ever saw this sketch on mm-hmm. SNL, it's from like early '90s. Chris Farley, Mike Myers, um, who else is in it? Adam, I don't know if Adam Sandler's in it or not. Um, but it's like the older '90s, early '90s cast, like mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. back then. And it was like uh, Bill Swirsky super fans. They're like a Chicago group of dudes, fat dudes that are all gathering at like a some uh, sports bar talking sports talking chicago sports and at one point they do this joke and he's like uh it was right after the bulls won their very first championship so i guess 91 and he was like uh yeah bob uh, i don't think we're talking about a repeat three-peat or even a four-peat here uh i think we're talking about a minimum eight-peat you know and it was like it was a funny Hilarious. joke at the time it was sort of but if jordan hadn't retired they would have fucking eight-peated dude they no, they wouldn't. Wouldn't. no they wouldn't have he you don't think out. so? He was getting you, old, bro. You think bro. Houston takes him out, his, bro? His, his, mm. his, game, his game had changed. By the time he got into an older guy, he wasn't that physical guy no more. Like, he, he, had, he had honestly become more of a mental player, and he trusted his team to play their roles. So it was a, yeah, diff- it was yeah. a different player. So, you know, I think he could have went on to become a great, like, leader of the team, but that dynasty would have eventually ended. I agree with that, but I'm saying the, those two years in the 90s, the mid 90s, when the Rockets won back to back in between Jordan's reti- first retirement um, and when he came back. Yeah, yeah. That those two titles, I think that the Bulls win those two if they're if Jordan never retires mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. I'm not going. I mean, I'm not saying a lot. No, don't please don't take anything from Hakeem Olajuwon because that Olajuwon that that those two years mm-hmm. was a fucking animal. Animal, but. Yeah, you know, but still, I mean, Jordan's Jordan, you know. Um, but I look at that. Uh, you know, it's funny too. Uh, I don't know if you've heard these. Have you heard the conspiracy theories about why Jordan retired? What the first gam- time gambling? The gam that his father, what his father was murdered over, like supposedly gambling deaths yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, of course I did. Do, do you think there's any validity to that? Well, you know, uh, I never gave it. I tell you the truth, I never even gave it any thought. It's like Bill Cosby's son being murdered on the side of the highway because he was going to buy NBC. You know, I, yeah. I, I never, I never gave it any second thought. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, I just thought it was tragic because he, his father was definitely one of his main supporters. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, yep. 
So I thought that was kind of tragic, kind of ironic. Well, ironic. And, and if that's the case, then, you know, sometimes uh, karma has it where it takes the closest thing to you. You know, so maybe maybe it was. I don't know. I don't never. I never gave it any thought. Never gave it. Any you know, this is this could be just. It's it's probably just very much a coincidence. But who knows? Maybe there could be something to this. Um, as far as having like a traumatic loss, a murdered father, Kawhi Leonard. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Kawhi Leonard, fuck him by the way for leaving the Spurs, all shady piece of shit. Anyway, um, he he uh, his father was murdered in Compton, Kawhi Leonard, when he was 17 years old. His father was murdered. Still unsolved to this day. They don't mm. know who did it. But mm. you look at that, you're like, and Jordan had the same thing, and he came back that second time for that second three-peat like a fucking just man, like just possessed, you know. And Kawhi Leonard's displayed a lot of qualities of a type of player that's like he's so fucking just, he just locked in and it's like maybe there's something to having a parent die that changes you as far as how you are as a player your mentality and i'm not Yo, talking about not, you know, I'm, say, I'm just talking about mentality i wouldn't i don't say, know I wouldn't maybe say there's parent. nothing to that i wouldn't say parent but just someone close to you you know when someone when someone close to you die you know it's like balls to the wall now you know what i'm saying i'm, I'm going for it you know what i'm saying so i i, yeah. I can see that i can understand that because think about dr dre's little brother think about teddy Riley's yeah. little brother think about um uh, all the people that, you know, I wouldn't say just a parent, but just balls to the wall now. Fuck it, I ain't got nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? Robert F. Kennedy, yo, getting <laughs> murdered just like his brother. <laughs> the whole Kennedy family, bro. The whole Kennedy family. Dude, fucking I'm scared to go to. I'm scared to go to Kennedy Fried Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have those in Texas. I think that's a New York thing. That's a New York thing, right? Yeah, I'm welcome pretty sure. To, welcome to New York, bitches. Hey, welcome to New York, kid. Fucking Kennedy's Fried Chicken. Get fuck, some, right? Yeah, fucking Kennedy's Fried <laughs> Chicken. Oh my gosh, man! Um, you know, uh, we haven't really gotten to too much comedy stuff, but uh, you know, it was funny. Uh, I did think of something I wanted to say early on in this uh, Bulls conversation, but to, as a kind of a segue point here. But there was a certain comedian when you said what you said about Jordan, um, about just like he knows what he does. He's like mm -hmm. he, he he may be arrogant. He may be a little bit like. Uh, abrasive, but that motherfucker earned that right because he fucking he does yeah, what he does. He does you know, there's does. no disputing he put, it. He puts the numbers up. You know, I it's funny that the way you describe that is a lot of ways how I've thought of Godfrey, the comedian, mm -hmm. and and you know Godfrey. I know you know him well. Of You've known yeah, him for a long time. Friend, great friend. But um, I I remember the very, one of the early times I met Godfrey, like probably around the time we first met, maybe like earlier mm -hmm. 2010s, maybe 2012, okay. somewhere in there, 2013. But I remember thinking at the time, Godfrey, I was like, man, this guy's kind of cocky, but fuck, he can back it up like on stage. Like every time he gets on stage, yeah. he fucking, you know, he slays. So I'm like, he kind of has that right to, to do that. You know, do you do you look at that as like with comedians that may be a little bit more cocky dicks? Like, hey, if you're fucking bringing <laughs> on stage, you kind of earn the right. Or are you like, fuck this guy? Because, you know, well, I mean, I, I would you disagree? I, Godfrey, I love Godfrey, but he's got a little bit of cockiness to him. He's got a little, he got a little bit of that. Well, know, this, this business warrants you to have uh, uh, to be cocky, because if you're not cocky, the next man will eat your ass up. So, uh, but he's also a martial artist, and, and that, he played college football too. I think did he? Did he? Well, I, I well, so. well, even that, even that, that would even play into competitiveness. So I wouldn't even look at it as cockiness. Is you know that's that natural competitiveness and sort of like that taunt that. That big rooster, you know, my my chest is out type thing. You know what I'm saying? But once again, he puts the numbers up to prove it. You know what I'm saying? He does. He doesn't let you down. 
Dude, and you're right. And that's actually that's that that's true, man. I, I think you're that's a better way to put it. And it's an interesting thing with comedy because there is a definitely that competitive nature to it. Oh, you know my homie Raul Sanchez. We've talked about him doing some fucking yeah, good yeah. shit, you yeah. know, in the game, you know, Raul. Um for he was my first guest ever on this podcast, actually. But anyway, um, you know, uh we we talk about the uh fuck, there was a point I was trying to make here with this. The just in terms of the cockiness, mm-hmm. um, I don't think Raul has that at all. Not at all. But like, um, you know, there's there's certainly like, um, fuck. I, I think Raul, I think Raul Sanchez. Like, when I first met Raul Sanchez, I was, I was like, oh, wow. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a very funny dude. Don't. I'm taking nothing from huh. the brother, but sure. he doesn't. He doesn't possess enough bite. He doesn't. Pos- he doesn't possess enough bite. He's not. He's not arrogant enough. And it's sort of like he'll let the industry give him what what the industry wants to give him, as opposed to taking what he know he deserves. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, so you you think there's got to be a certain amount of uh, yeah, you better like you got to kind of just go get the shit, yeah, sort of thing. You better, yeah, you better. God damn it. Um, but yeah, no, man, for sure, dude. Um, the I was thinking too. It's funny because just some stories from you and I back getting to know each other i remember one of the first times we hung out when i got to new york was with godfrey it was at yeah. um stand up new york you were there i think you might have told me you were there and i came through to chill with you and, and watch the show and hang out and then i think godfrey had ended up showing up mm-hmm. and then y'all were telling the old story maybe you could tell the story because it's a fucking great story and i don't do it justice but i've retold it many times you remember this y- y'all were talking about this room in i think it was queens and it was called manhattan proper. It was in the is that what it and, and they, there was a story about a guy that came out on stage and he like literally the second he walked out or something it was just like wait we, did, we we had several rooms we had a room called uh the peppermint lounge where the peppermint lounge that's the yeah, one that's, that's in, the one that's out in jersey bro let me tell you that we used to okay, call jersey. that bill bellamy Go. used to host that we used to call that the baby apollo and let me tell you man first off it was about 1200 people in that room on any given night and whew, you can get it in that room. You hear me, bro? You can get it, man. You better you better not bring your emotions with you. You better just come and bring your jokes, because that room was definitely one of those rooms that will make or break you. Um, that, was, that was like pretty much a black room, or was it a mixed room? Well, it was pretty much not a mixed room and very much so a black room. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I did a lot of uh, Bronx shows that were black rooms. I was literally the only white guy there on a lot of nights. Dude. What, do you, what do you call black rooms? Like, like, let me ask you, what do you call black rooms? I, I, want I to mean, hear from it, your I, I'm literally talking about the demographics of the audience. So if it's predominantly black people in the mm-hmm. audience, I would call that a black room. Okay. You okay. know, I, I would call it, you know, uh, a suburban middle class room, white room, you know, like that's a uppity white room. Okay. Um, the thing with black rooms, dude, or, or you could call it urban rooms. I, I don't really care. You know me. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah, what yeah, you call yeah, it, but yeah, it means not... they're, 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 they will eat you alive eat if you, you don't bring alive. it. Yes. And yeah. white rooms won't do that. Very supportive. But, White rooms are. Yeah. Well, give him a chance. <laughs> He's going to make it. He's black, trying his best. Black people are like I'm here for the motherfucking buffalo wings anyway. God damn it! I don't give a fuck about this mother. He better be funny, nigga. You Martin? Are you Martin? You Richard Pryor, yo? Yo, you better be Bill Cosby. You better be Damon Williams, Damon Wayne's. You know what I'm uh, saying? Oh, dude, I I used to do shows with Jimmy Martinez. And those were a lot of the rooms like that. And uh, 
he said he always used to tell me Big J Okerson. He's like, you know how Big J got so good? How he cut his teeth? He's a, he was like in black rooms. Like he went out to these rooms where like the white. He's the only white guy. He's got to fucking bring it. And it's true, man. When you're a white dude, you can't fucking back down in those types of environments. Well, uh, I remember Jay. Got to really be like. I remember Jay Okerson when he was just Big J, and he was a he. He used to love rap, and he used to come up with with Kevin Hart all the time. So yeah, he cut. He definitely cut his teeth with uh in the black rooms, but it gave him it gave you know. You get your heart there. That's where you get your heart. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. So absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a certain like, it, you know, for what for the ferocity of those crowds and for like how passionate they are or how much they can get into that. It shows also on the on the um, flip side of that coin how badass they can be when they're fucking loving it. You know, mm-hmm. they'll fucking mm-hmm. let you know. Mm-hmm. You know, like fucking cheering, standing. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. like it's yeah. That's that. There you yeah. go. That's our rules. The Dude. black, the black circuit, the uh, the urban, the chicken, the chitlin circuit, whatever you want to call it. You know, nothing degrading. I don't know who's listening to this. Listen, people, don't you call our room no chitlin circuit because we don't eat chitlins. <laughs> uh, are you, I was going to ask you: Are you still uh, running that Dangerfield show, the Sunday show? Uh, yeah, but I'm tell you the truth, man. This pandemic got me looking at the whole comedy scene totally different these days. Like coming back, I'm in real question about. The the respect isn't in the rooms no more, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the respect is elaborate in the on that thought because that, that's an interesting thought to me. Um, here in New York, you know what I noticed? Outside of New York, y'all let y'all clubs, the main clubs, run how y'all move. The main clubs say, "Don't go do this room. You ain't gonna go do this room because you want to do the main room." Right. But but here in New yeah. York, rooms go on anywhere and everywhere and we've we've learned to not be dictated by what the big but by what those rooms do you know what what they say and do uh because at any given spot you can be found or quote unquote discovered at anybody's room you know what i'm saying so we don't we don't we don't hold we don't hold weight to these big rooms and coming back man this new virtual comedy and stand-up comedy on the com- or the internet and all that now, it's going to spawn a new circuit. It's going to spawn a whole new breed of comics. You know what I'm saying? And the, the rooms are going to get even less power. It's going to be less crowded. You know, when people realize they don't have to leave the comfort of their home to get a Saturday night comedy show, uh, this the club, the club scene is going to be fucked. You know what I'm saying? Well, if unless you're a big time name, probably yeah. Well, no, not even that because watch, Central uh, Entertainment, all of them, they did a stand up show online, and they had twenty nine thousand people uh, watching it. Holy shit! Twenty nine thousand people. When I logged on to look, it was twenty nine thousand people. Did you have to pay to get on it? No, but no? I'm. Qu- but watch this now. Now, now, say, watch this on tonight's show, Central Entertainer. Uh, 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 Mike Epps, Chris, Chris Rock, Chris Tucker, we all gonna be on from eight to ten, and you got to pay twenty five dollars to come see us, man. If they had twenty five, twenty nine thousand people like that, they can at least get a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand people to come see them. You know what I'm saying? If if sure. if Louis C.K. say he's doing a live stand up show from from in his house, and you got to log on, you know how many people he gonna get? Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dude, so yeah, this, um, this is going to spawn tens of thousands easily. Yeah, I it wouldn't even yo, know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even put it past him to have a million people to come watch him. Dude, you know? I mean, he he just released. Did you know he uh, just put a special out a little bit back, no. like recently? No. He, uh, I think it was maybe like three weeks ago. 
he put a, he put a special out and he did it um on his website like you just go straight to his website i'm sure he self-produced everything paid mm-hmm. for the production and everything and put it on and then just released it on his website that motherfucker is circumventing the whole system though and going straight to the consumer and it works yeah. and he's able to get i mean i i actually paid for i think it was like seven bucks or eight bucks for the special it was like an hour special mm-hmm. and i was like you know what i'll pay that like i i, I want to see it i'm, I'm about, curious so, to talking, see it you're talking about sincerely uh sincerely louis ck uh, yeah, may, brand may new stand. Whatever comedy. the most recent one, it was very brand, recent. Brand new stand up comedy month. special. Yeah, um, it was a solid special too, man. I mean, like you know, he did address the whole thing uh, towards the latter part, and he, he spent a little bit on it, a couple of minutes, not a whole lot, a lot of time. But I thought it was right because it's like you got to, you got to address it. You can't just not address it. What, but he he spent he did it late in the special, and he did it for only a little bit. What you, you think like about maybe, Pete Rock special? I mean, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson? Eh, you know, I didn't like that he opened shitting on Louie, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, bro. I mean, and, you know, say what you will. Louie's a fucking grandmaster, man. And he's like, that guy, I have the utmost respect. And I thought it was a cheap shot by, by Pete, on Pete's part. You know, who am I to say? I'm a nobody. You know, whatever. He's, it was a good special. I won't say it wasn't a good special, but I just it left a bad taste right off the bat for me watching it when he shit on Louis C.K. Was and it's it? like the Louis thing where he's like the smoking weed story about Louis trying to get uh, Pete in trouble on set at SNL uh, with Lorne Michaels for because Pete was like smoking weed, I guess, in the green room, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, and he was like, like, basically, he was shitting on Louis for being so fucking square about it. Like, yeah, it's just weed. Blah, blah. And I'm like, because uh, Louis felt it was very unprofessional, I guess. And I'm like, well, it kind of is. You know, like I kind of see. No, 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 fucking, no, no, no. You, I mean, you saying that, I say that as I'm over here doing this. No, you saying that, no, you saying that because you like Louis Louis C.K. I mean, I'm certain there's a bias with that. Yeah, right. I like Pete Davidson though too as a stand-up. I'm not a fan of him on SNL, but I definitely like him as a stand-up. Yeah, that nigga sucks. It, say what? He sucks. As a stand-up or on SNL or both? Both. Cal. <laughs> Throwing shade, I love it. He sucks. Why do you think he sucks? He, he sucks as an individual. He sucks as a person. He he's horrible. Fuck him. You've met him uh, probably a few times, I'm sure. Right? He was one of my little rascals. Oh shit! Like early back in the day, he was one of my little rascals of comedy. Yeah. Um. So what happened? Did like did he like change with fame and become a dick? I never think. I never think. You don't change with fame. Fame just exposes money. Just exposes who you really are. But he's just an arrogant little fucking prick. You know what I'm saying? He's an arrogant dickhead. Yeah. So. Well, you know, and, and I agree with you, first off. But secondly, I, it's hard to I don't know how I would handle that if I were him. You know, at 21, I think, is when he got SNL. Yeah. I mean, you're a kid. You're a fucking 21-year-old kid. Now you're a famous stand-up in S. Like, you're doing what every comedian dreams. Like, you're living the dream as a 21-year-old. SNL yeah, was I never my dream. probably was never go to your dream. head a little bit. SNL was never my dream. Well, okay, but I mean, like being be, the opportunities that come because of SNL. I don't think I don't think I would have even taken SNL if I'd have been asked. You think? Nah, it was it's never not, it was not your never flavor. On my, it was never on my radar. Never on my radar. You know, even if I didn't want it, which who knows, I might be at a point where if that ever happened, and I did did get an audition i may not or maybe whatever i would probably still think it'd be worth to do it at least one season because a lot of those there's a lot of stand-ups out there that did snl one season and that was it and now they're just stand-ups again but it gives you that exposure for that season that could build your career you could 
you could use that as a springboard for your career after that, really. Bro, I never was one of those guys who who wanted uh who wanted like uh stand up and, and I don't to me stand up sometimes I like I like don't get me wrong, I like stand up. But I never wanted to be that guy to be sitting there playing around let's pretend let's let's play because people think that comics first off they they for some reason they think comics are uh idiots right and that was just never me never me never me yeah dude i'm not gonna lie man they've fallen off a lot too um Ooh. especially uh snl over the last maybe like decade for sure especially I mean, I, I love the 90s, and again, that was where I grew up on, like the Will Ferrell and uh, those Tim Meadows and those guys, Tracy Morgan back in the day. But, yeah, the the cast now, man, I mean, it, it's just it, – I feel like it's weak. I feel like there's a couple of good cast members, but it's it's more of they're the rarity on it than there is. It's more the, yeah, the just, rule that they're all not very good. I just never, never, never even crossed my mind to even want to do it, bro, ever. yeah. Well, but in terms of what that did with Pete, like I, I think the point remains that that's got to go to your head a little bit as a, as a, as a, especially as a kid that yeah that young, you know. Mm-hmm. When did you meet him? He started when he was like sixteen, right? I, I met him when he was new, when he's brand new in the game, brand new, so brand he new. Just in the business. started, yeah, brand new. In the okay. Business. What what were your impressions of him early on? Did you see Did you see this trajectory? Did you imagine this could happen for him? I know he. If you ask me, he got put on because of his story more so than his his skill. You know, his story yeah. is that his dad died in the nine eleven. Yeah. You know, his story is more interesting than him. So yeah, uh, I don't think he's funny. I think that the world just ah, and then he was able to find some niche of of personality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lean, leaning towards comedy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he sucks. Yeah. That whole fucking special sucks. You know he's kind. Of, he's like a one-trick pony. You know, I, I just speak, speak, brother. I mean, I, I don't. He's got like that one persona that he is in his act, and I, I'm not saying it's that not even. It's not work, even a persona. By the way, it's not even a persona. It's he. It, it's his. It's his own dreary fucking personality. Yeah. Well, his 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 personality being uh, exaggerated in terms of his stage, pers- You know who he is as a comedian on stage. But yes, I I, I see what you mean. But like. I was going to say that could work. You know, that's not that that can't work. Like Stephen Wright is dry as fuck. You know, mm-hmm. he's like the most, but his shit, his, his, it's so well-crafted. But his jokes you know, are hilarious. His jokes are funny. Exactly. Yeah, this- and it works for him. You've got different guys that can do, like uh, Burr's got a ton of things in his uh, toolbox. Chappelle has a ton of things in his toolbox. You know, like, I don't think Pete has much in his toolbox. Right. As far he's as not, he doesn't. He doesn't. He sucks. But, you know. You leave it to people, though. People tell you, though, you know, if you if you let people feed you what they want to feed you, they'll feed you that. This thing. He's one of the greatest. Get the fuck out of here. Well, people often conflate the sort of fame and notoriety that he has with automatically meaning greatness, and it doesn't. Exactly. A lot of it motherfuckers doesn't. out there. I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I like everybody's grind. I like Pete Davis's grind. I'm not mad at him. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mad at his grind, but to me, what, beat, beat it. On the... As a as a flip side to a positive, like on good comedy here, question for you: Were there any? Have there been any comics you've seen? Because I mean, dude, how long JP has it been now for you? Thirty. Uh, Thirty years. Thirty years. 
So you've been in the game for a long time. You've seen a lot of people come and go. You've seen people mm -hmm. rise. You've seen people fall. You've seen people, you know, never. What do you, is, are there any comedians out there that maybe are semi-notable, kind of known, but never, that you thought were going to be so much bigger than they ever got and they never reached what you thought they could be? Are there any comedians like that out there that you know of? <sighs> mm, hard. You know why that's hard to say? Because back then we didn't know what we were reaching for. You know, as far as we're concerned, we was reaching for the next meal. Next gig. Next yeah. gig. Uh, so. You didn't mm. have time to think long term. Yeah, we didn't think long term like that. Like everybody who popped, popped. And we was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I guess then is, is there anybody that you were with in the game that you saw like any... I, I love war stories and stuff. All That's of today, why I talked about all the Pepper of today, Lounge. All of today's, huh? all of today's comics, uh, especially on the black circuit, I ran with, and I had my hand in helping them in some way, shape, or form. Well, yeah. and not just the black comics. You had a lot of, uh, you know, you, with me, man. I mean, we met. No, I, mean, I, I don't, don't really. New York, but. But you've you've been a mentor for sure, man. And like, um, I'm I'm fair. Here's a, here's a, here's something that you may want to know. I'm fair and honest. I'm open. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, but a lot like it, it takes a lot. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you something. Uh, with you is different. Uh, I came into your hometown. You showed me hospitality. Hospitality. We we went to Sonic, I think, didn't we? Right. We went to we went to Sonic. We went to a couple of clubs. We went all we went all over the place, man. You made sure I was good. So for me, I was like, wow, that's dope that he would take the time out like that. So like we met under different grounds and different, you know, what's the names? Sure. Um a lot of these comics here in New York, and don't get me wrong, I love everybody. I don't have no qualms against anybody, but I keep my mouth shut. Like I just don't okay, you know, you'll find out when you find out. You know what I'm saying? That's a good policy, though. You know, I, I don't want to get I don't want to get involved in their politics. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I just I, I keep clear, especially 30 years in the game, man. 30 years later, you yeah. say to yourself, I'm not. I don't want to be involved with this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, dude, I I you know I think what you said though with the game now and where it's going, I I, I think you made some valid points, or at least you know. Well, I, I tell you the truth. I would like to be a part of this this new comedy coming out, this virtual comedy. Like I'm actually sitting at home now, thinking of ways. Here's one thing: if I can encourage anybody, um, man, listen, ladies and gentlemen, young comics that's out there, you have you now have the ability to have the same production as any television show. If you look at ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, WB, uh, Fox, they're all doing this webcam kind of kind of uh, uh, productions. And that's the same thing you got in your house. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, the playing fields, the elevator has come down to your floor, and now it's about what are you going to do to get in? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you have the same capabilities, the same production capabilities. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, I mean, the the production quality, man, I mean, uh, I think people don't focus too much on this. Don't focus enough on the right things, but sound is always paramount. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Like, but these cameras now are so fucking good, dude. Speak, it's like bro. it's hard to tell the difference, really, mm -hmm. sometimes between mm -hmm. a camera that costs five hundred dollars and a camera that costs five thousand. You know, like I mean, it's better, but it's like these the cameras even at five hundred dollars. You know, you're getting a fucking great camera. So it's like, how's my camera? Sound, how's, how's my camera? Sound right is good, huh? How's my camera that you're looking at? 
It's good. Sixty dollars, dude. It, FNA, it records in 1080p. It streams in. Uh, it, it records in 4K. It it streams at 1080p. But sixty dollars. Yeah. Bro, this mic I have, uh, the ones I got, these are sure mics, and they're I mean mm-hmm. they're solid mics, and the quality I've compared them to like very expensive mics, mm-hmm. like done a sound checks with them, and they hold up. Forty bucks per mic. Uh, I got those same mics sitting over here. I can't reach none of them right now. But Dude, these those. are like stage mics. Hey, yeah. you know, by the way, whenever comedy does resume, I'm going to start just taking my mic with me to every fucking show and just taking the mic out from the stand yeah. and putting mine on for my part. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, hey. Fucking A. Yo, it, just, just audio, bro. Audio, lighting. Invest in, Just invest a little bit of yourself, ladies and uh, young comics, and, and get material. Pump material. Pitch straight to the people, man. I don't know if you're watching a show called Black as Fuck. Uh, and I think it's incredible what Tyler Perry said. Tyler Perry was like, he don't do music. He don't do, he don't write movies for those that don't, that don't, he writes movies for those that understand it. Those who don't yeah. understand it, he don't, he, I'm not writing for you. I'm writing for those who, who yeah. understand it. So that's what you do, ladies and gentlemen. Picture, picture play to stuff, the crowd. Play to, play to the people that like you. Play yeah. to the people that like you. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and, and before you can do that, Except that not everybody is going to like you. That's that, a fucking yeah. reality. There you go. There you go. I mean, there you go. You you don't. In, in all honesty, you shouldn't want to be liked by everybody because if you are, you're probably pandering. Why? You know, you're probably. I mean, just if you're if if you're trying to be the nice guy and ev- to every person you meet and and putting on that, even if like you don't necessarily agree, or if you're a comedian on stage trying to like material that you think people will like like oh this crowd looks like that versus going up on stage and i know you don't compromise you go up and you, i'm doing my shit i'm doing my shit i don't care if some of these people may not like it you know it's fine but it's like if you go up with the intention of like i want them to like me and everything i'm gonna try to you know that's why i hate like i know i know you play to the room and there's a, there's an art to that but at the same time and maybe this is a good question as a maybe kind of a closing it out here with you but um in terms of the line to draw of knowing the audience, making sure you, you, you know, go into a situation knowing what may or may not work or how you should do it versus um, pandering and, and, and going in and just playing to, to get people to laugh, to like you. Um, here's the perfect and example. How that, how that here's the perfect example that I give people all the time. Gilbert Godfrey, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, JJ Walker, um, carrot top these guys are stuck they're stuck in the pandering that they put into their careers how they pandered for people to like them now they're stuck in those in those images and no one else will accept them until they do the Gilbert Godfrey or until the oh or until whatever it Larry is the they, cable guy yeah they, they are stuck in those modes so be yourself. If anything, you want to be successful as the person you are. Anything else is is ridiculous. Is ridiculous. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I I agree, man. And I think say say what you feel and say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. And if people aren't liking it, either maybe you need to find out a better way to say it, or maybe you need to re- you know just go back to the drawing board. But it's like there yeah, for sure. There you go. You know this whole um, time. I don't know. I don't know what your Zoom is going to look like, but you know you've been sharing the screen the whole time. Yeah, I know. It's been. Is it small for you too? No, it's huge. That's why I haven't even. I. You know, my bad, bro. I should have like. Like, look up think... at the top. You wanted that gallery. That's this is the scene that you wanted. I don't know what it's going to look like when you. 
when you play it back. Yeah. This is called gallery. Sure. It, it just gave me it gives me the ability to uh to see what's going on with my garage band and make sure everything's good there. But um but yeah, man, well, um dude. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're busy, but uh, it, it, I did want to ask, is there anything you got going on projects-wise? That was the one thing I wanted. Like, anything you got coming up that you'd like to to kind of to plug, throw out for to listeners? Anything I want to plug? Plugs. Nah, what am I doing now, man? I'm honestly writing to – I'm getting ready to put my foot into this virtual stand-up comedy to the point where people are going to be like, yo, this dude is, is, is outstanding. Uh, I've, I've armed myself with, a, with enough stuff around me to put on an actual half-hour comedy show. Uh, so that's just keep go to my webpage, y'all. JP, not my webpage, my my Facebook page, JP Justice Laughs, and come on and check me out, man. Other than that, you know. Yeah, yeah, dude. And I'll I'll uh, make sure when I post this, I link you your stuff, your social shit, and tag you. See, now I can oh. see you. The, the whole time I've been watching, I was I, was, I wasn't even looking. I was like, it's garage. Oh man. shit! You couldn't even see. Damn. Right. Man, I, couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't see your face. A. Right. Couldn't see your face. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I thought you could see a little bit, little thing of me. Well, uh, dude, what the fuck was that? (laughs) It was like there was for me there was a little box at the top right that was you and me. Oh yeah, yeah. no, no, I I saw the little top, the little box at the top. I was like, okay, but the garage was just the big. Yeah, my bad, man. Well, dude, nonetheless, man, uh, I appreciate you 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 joining me, man. It was was, uh, good talking to you, brother. I'm glad to be on schisms as orgasms, schisms, (laughs) (laughs) sarcasm, orgasm, sarcasm, orgasms. (laughs) Sarcasm, orgasm. Yes, you're uh, you're probably one of my favorite episodes so far, man. So oh, thank you, bro. For, thank you, bro. Thank thanks you for for having fun, man. Thank I you for having it. me. And, uh, we could stay on the call for a sec if you want. I'm gonna just stop the recording. But thanks. yes, sir. Ah, oh, cool, man. Well, dude, that was fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, here's a little here's a little secret. Here's a little tip. When up? when in interviewing, you have to find those right questions to get your guests to talking you know you know what the green room was really about paul provenza huh the paul provenza thing what's that the show no are you just talking about the green room in general general. you know what the green room oh it was a place it was a place for the for the act to get comfortable and they would send up liquor send up wine liquor or whatever it is they drank to get them loose so that the host can say those probing words to get them to start talking. Um, in your in your podcast, remember this: your people knows know Cody Odell. You want your you want your your guests to run their mouths, so you want to ask those probing questions to get your guest to just spring a leak and never stop talking. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So sure, uh, practice that when you when you get your guests. Because I was sitting there like this. There was times that I was quiet, and I was going, okay, he's, it's his conversation. I guess I'm just a guest here. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, dude, uh, yeah, you know me, man. I'm yeah, a, so. so got, a, got plenty to say, but, yeah, no, I appreciate the feedback, man. Probe, probe, you want to probe your guest so that they'll go, and then they'll just start going. And so let me tell you about this, and let me tell you about this, and let me tell you what I'm saying. And now, now you got them talking. Oh. Now you got them talking. You know what I'm saying? So keep yeah, that yeah, in mind. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, man. That's uh, that's solid. Uh, it's like a solid critique, man. So thank you. Uh, I heard I'll, Tavis. I'll take that into account. I heard Tavis Smiley say that. Tavis Smiley said, "Man, I try, I try everything to get my artist." He said one of my when he had Prince, he said it was one of his hardest uh, interviews because Prince answers questions just what he asks. So when you talk to Prince, <laughs> Prince, says, yes. So he said he had to find those probing things to get Prince to start talking. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
I hear you, man. Well, dude. Thank Sorry you. if I, I was a little too no, not at overbearing all, if I was, all, man, all, but uh, I definitely me. appreciate your, always appreciate your insight and just uh, always fun, chill conversation, man. Sounds like a winner. Hey, yo, watch this. I'm going to show you a little secret. I, I'm, I'm going yeah, yeah. to leave out and I'm going to invite you in my in my uh, Zoom and I'm going to show you the difference, all right? Okay. No stopping, no stopping, no stopping, no stopping, no stop, there'll be no stopping.